a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. He, he, the thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, there, 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 there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is, no, no, that's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've, got, I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, they, uh, they, they feel like wine. Bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I can't remember. I can't remember and them I'm all either. Up. They're just too numerous. <laughs> <laughs> like a bad song that won't get out of your head, this is Table Talk Radio. Welcome to today's broadcast. Yeah, Pastor, yeah, how's but it going? You sound so much more buoyant this morning. I so do. Much, and your voice sounds a little bit lower, a little bit... <laughs> Wiser. What are you referring are, are to? Are you a pastor now? <laughs> no, I'm not actually. Oh. Um, but what, close. What, <laughs> oh, so close. Congratulations <laughs> on your call last Thank night. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we should we should announce to the listeners that uh, uh, last night from this from the recording of Table Talk Radio, um, I received a, a call to uh, uh, Faith Lutheran Church in Rogue River, Oregon. So uh, excited to uh, to head out there and to uh, serve the serve the Lord's Church. In Rogue River. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank Table you. Table Talk Radio headquarters now relocate. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we're going to be moving out to Oregon. So uh, yeah. all of our Oregon listeners can uh, come by and check out the Table Talk Radio studios <laughs> as soon as it gets set up. <laughs> our Oregon listener. Hey, uh, you do have listeners in your uh, in the church to which you were called. I know it. They're going to know all about you. <laughs> now, now the regret of this radio show begin to bubble up. Every everyone warned me about saying things or doing like a, a radio show where anybody can listen in seminary because oh you know district presidents are going to listen to it or you know faculty are going to listen to it. I'm like, are you kidding? Nobody will listen. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't the uh, the district presidents or anyone else had to worry about. It were the uh, the saints and the churches. But uh, members but, of Congress, I do I do recommend to all district presidents that they listen to this show. <laughs> well, let's start with uh, the Rocky I Mountain love, District. Oh, by the way, I, I I love district presidents, <laughs> and I love what else do I, I love CPH. Yeah, just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> Anything else that you want to uh, announce that you love? How about, I love uh, synodical bylaws. <laughs> they keep things in order, like the Bible says we should have things in order. Uh, you know, I was uh, I got an email from a listener there looking for a particular show, something that we mentioned. So I went back to the Table Talk Radio archives uh, to find a show. So I was listening to some old old episodes, and I was like, "There's a stark difference from be- before uh, Pastor Wolfner became a synodical bureaucrat and after he became a synodical bureaucrat." <laughs> Um, I can't quite put my finger on it, but yeah, what uh, is it? What is it? Uh, well, you certainly quote less bylaws before. Um, how, how often have I quoted a bylaw ever? Uh, you just have did. I ever quoted a bylaw on this show? <laughs> have we? Sure did we have. play the game? Name that synodical bylaw. 
<laughs> I keep pushing you to play that game, but you always refuse. I know, I know. Well, uh, now I can pre- t- contact your district president. Yeah, pretty pretty soon, you. you know, you're gonna be you know, getting buzzwords from Robert's Rules of Order, and uh, that's just, that's just gonna go too far. I'm gonna draw the line. No buzzwords. Right? <laughs> Today's bu- buzzword is executive session. <laughs> Actually, that'd be helpful because I have no idea what any of that stuff is. So. We uh, we should go into executive session in our radio show. That just means we mute it out so no one can hear what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you hear dead air, that that's what's going on. Executive session. (laughs) All right. Well, today's uh, Table Talk Radio is more than just bantering around. Uh, We're going to be going through some emails uh, and then playing Ten Commandments in the News. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a a special article we're going to be discussing. Uh, Pastor Wolfman is looking for that. And then uh, Bible Bee, this log gospel Bible Bee game uh, with a special guest. Do we still have our our guest lined up for that? Yeah, we got him. Oh, yeah. Fisk, the very special Fisk. Yeah, the one and Jonathan. only Pastor Jonathan Fisk will be on the program later. He's out uh, for vengeance. Yeah. Wait, did he lose uh, in Bible? I don't think. Oh, but he's Iron in, Preacher. That's right. Iron he preacher. lost an Iron Preacher. So yeah. yeah, he'll be he'll be swinging for you. He's clamoring for justice. <laughs> All right. I heard you have a uh, buzzword for me. Yes, my buzzword for you is sacerdotalism. <laughs> All right. In honor of your soon ordination. Oh, let's see. Uh, Theopedia says, this came up randomly on Theopedia. It's almost like it knew. (laughs) Uh, Sacerdotalism is the belief in a priestly system where the priest has been given the special authority to act as spiritual mediator between God and mankind. Yes. Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, High Anglican traditions are sacerdotal. I I think I remember that from uh, the Book of Concord somewhere. (laughs) I, I, by the way, am am now completely um, opposed to... Theopedia. Um, I got my theological buzzword off of the buzzwords tab on tabletalkradio.org. <laughs> so uh, just rec- that's right. That's green. Did you must have read the most recent CTCR thing about how we need to have green? So you're recycling the buzzword. That's right. I have a I have a green buzzword today, uh, and it's propitiation. And uh, oh, I've heard of that word. Table Talk Radio defines that word as. Jesus, the, the sufficient sacrifice for our sins, satisfying the wrath of God. Yeah. You know the Greek standing behind that word propitiation? That's, that's propitiation. This is great. It's one of those words where you read it and people are like, oh, these big, you know. What, what do people say? Two-cent word or five-gallon word? What do they say about two-cent word, five-dollar word? What's that phrase about that? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? No one knows. Let's go into executive session real quick. <laughs> then, uh, so that people say, oh, that's too much, you know. Oh, it's too academic, propitiation. Nobody knows what that means. What? So the Greek word st- sitting behind that word is hilasterion, which is the Greek word that they use to translate the mercy seat in the Old Testament, where, where on the Day of Atonement, the priest would come in with the blood of the bull sacrificed and, and put it on the mercy seat, sploosh, and it would cover the Ten Commandments sitting in there. So the blood of the sacrifice is covering the con- condemning uh, wrath of the law. That's what propitiation means. Wow. All right. Well, that is your theological buzzword. Now, we have about three and a half minutes left in the segment, and I have written down that uh, you want to talk about calls, um, being a pastor, and that I can ask you anything I've ever wanted to know about being a pastor. Oh, yeah, sure. All right. So, um, actually, this this is um, this is an interesting question because... Uh, it, it's exciting for seminarians to, to receive their call and call night and be excited to go out and, 
and uh, begin this work that they've been preparing for for four to eight years. Uh, and so this is an uh, exciting time. But um, I, I've often wondered, and I think, Pastor Wolf, as I listen to some of your sermons online and as I uh, have to listen to you here on the radio, um, there, there, is an, there is an art in, in having a, a fresh articulation of the gospel, right? I mean, uh, you can only, I mean, uh, to, to express the gospel in the same way in a, a rote uh, wording, the same way over time, uh, it, it begins to uh, maybe get kind of kind of dull or, so, or something. Uh, and so I'm wondering, how does a pastor keep a fresh articulation of the gospel uh, without kind of falling into just the uh, the the uh, a slideshow of of what the gospel is. A lot, that's thank you for that question. That's really good. Um, I think the the way to do that is not to focus on the articulation of the gospel at all, but rather just to focus on the gospel and the way the scriptures deliver it to us, and and the beautiful way our Lutheran confessions expound it, and then to pay attention to the people to who you're you're giving the gospel to. And so if you have your attention on the gospel and your attention on the Lord's people, then the articulation of the gospel just starts to more and more and more fit. I mean, you, you start to, uh, to, when you start to listen to the struggles that people have and understand the role that conscience plays in this sort of thing, and you listen to the prophets preaching and the apostles delivering the Lord's word, when you, if you just pay attention to those things, then the articulation uh, happens. That's, I, I, think that's, uh, I think that's the case. Okay. Um, I'm not an. I mean, I'm by no means an expert in this sort of thing. But I, but I, you know, a lot of the things at the seminary is how how do you preach the gospel? But I don't. Uh, how do you preach a sermon? But I don't think I think about that anymore. Maybe I should, and maybe some pastors will, will say, "Hey, you're you're uh, dumb." Or something, but uh, I, I I think about the text and I think about the people that I'm preaching to, and then and let the sermon uh, work itself out. Okay, um, and maybe with with a minute left here. Um, I don't, I don't know if you are willing to dispel this on the air, if this is public information, but what was maybe one of the hardest struggles you had in your first year at Hope? Um, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. You have to give me – let's go into executive session and let me think about it for a little bit. <laughs> All right. We'll go into executive session. Because I'll like, think – because I have really – let me I, – I, there will be some struggles, and I'm happy to talk about them. I just got to try to remember back what they – what they were. Sure. Oh, we can we can do that. So after this break, a long time we'll ago. get that I'm uh, an old discussion. Now. <laughs> I, was, I was back in the last millennium. <laughs> All right. Well, after this commercial break, we'll uh, get that answer from Pastor Wolfmiller and then play Ten Commandments in the news. Uh, tune in to Table Talk Radio on the website, tabletalkradio.org, on Sunday night, May 15th, where there'll be a live radio debate between Dr. David Scare and Dr. Robert Price of uh, Jesus Seminar, and and uh, what, he, he wrote this wrote this book, uh, The Case Against the Case for Christ. Uh, he they're going to be debating on the topic: Did Jesus rise from the dead? Uh, Dr. Scale will, will will go for uh, the resurrection, and Dr. Price against. And uh, you'll get to hear it live here at TableTalkRadio.org, and call in with your comments and questions. Uh, to, to pose your questions live to either debater. So that's May 15th from 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock Eastern Time. And it's only on uh, tabletalkradio.org. You're seeing things running through your head. What in the world can you call?
no heretics were harmed in the making of this show. Well, physically harmed. Executive session is now over, and uh, now Pastor Wolf. That Miller. bump music is making me angry. I'm so angry. <laughs> Why? Getting you psyched up to answer the question from the break. Uh, oh, yeah. What uh, What was challenging uh, about your first year in the ministry uh, there at Hope Lutheran Church? Uh, let me talk in abstractions, if that's all right. Yeah. Which it's not, but I will. Uh, <laughs> the answer is anytime we change vocations, uh, you, there's a ton of adjusting to do. So you go from, for example, being single uh, monk to being husband. You know, you get married, you sh- shift in vocation. And that shift in vocation, because it brings a whole new realm of responsibility, uh, et cetera, um, it has that difficulty. And the same is true. I mean, you, you, you shift from being a student to being a pastor, and and even though you've been training to be a pastor, it's it's a different sort of thing to do it. Um, you know, when you're when you're in seminary, you're um, you're being graded on the sermons that you write and that you preach. But when you're a pastor, no one's well. I shouldn't say nobody's grading you. There's always a couple people in the back that are giving you A, B, C. Do they hold up like the big cards, uh, you know, (laughs) ten or seven, or in your case, three? Yeah, that's right. Every congregation has the person that the timer, the sermon timer. (laughs) So the the best thing to do with that is to guess, you know, to find them after the church and guess. Say, hey, I think that what did I time? Was that about fourteen, fourteen minutes, fifteen seconds, or something? And, And make it into a game. That's the best way to do that. Okay. Make it. I mean, basically, I make everything into a game. But uh, um, but adjusting to the to the grind of being a pastor, you know, to, I mean, you're not being graded on your sermons, but your sermons matter. I mean, the Lord's people are coming to listen to this for their for their nourishment, for their their spiritual life. Um, you're teaching Bible class now, so you're, you're taking all the things that you learned, and now you're you're teaching it. It's a, it's just kind of a, it's a different art. It's a different vocation. Uh, you're caring for um, uh, for other people. A, a lot of you know a lot of being a student. I mean, you're serving your professors and you're tending to the work, you're learning, you're putting things in. But now as a pastor, it's it, you switch gears. I mean, you're still learning, you're still studying, um, you're still thinking, you're still writing, but now you're you're serving other people. It's 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 mostly heading out. It's giving. Um, so so to a, kind of uh, to adjust to that shift. Now most guys, and this is I think I well, I know will be true for you too, Evan. Most guys are ready for that. Now I'm 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 ready to get out and. And the things that I've learned to pass on to the Lord's people when they need to hear it the most, uh, to, to preach to them law and gospel, to forgive their sins. That was the most wonderful thing about being a pastor was the first time stand up there in the in the divine service with my hands raised and say, as a called and ordained servant of the word, I announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. And just to be able to, to declare sins forgiven. Uh, and to be doing that every day, that's just fantastic. Uh, there's, you know, there's some uh, uh, bumps in the road as you figure out how to how to do these things. You know, how to how to manage your schedule, um, how to how to get everything done that you need to get done. What's the important things and what's not? How to how to have time to listen to people, but also to have time to listen to your books and and uh, and the Lord's word and 
and uh, and and going over those things. But it's uh, it's a marvelous adjustment. Well, if you get audiobooks, it's not that hard to listen to books. That's true. <laughs> hey, you listen yeah. even when you read, I think. Yeah, sure. Well, and I, uh, what book did you tell me to get? Getting things done. I think I have. Oh that yeah, book that's somewhere. top secret because I am a uh, because <laughs> I am a that's a if I tell people to read the book Getting Things Done by David Allen, then I automatically lose my uh, uh, what is it called esteem of being a confessional pastor that doesn't care about getting things done. <laughs> so I do recommend the book, but uh, I, I recommend it through my alias, through okay. my sonotocrat alias. I'll have to I'll have to get uh, some other uh, desk <laughs> cover to, to put over it, like, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you, the problem is if you don't read the book, then you'll never actually accomplish that because you'll be too busy <laughs> doing other stuff. Right. All right, let's play some Ten Commandments in the news. Pastor, do you have an article for us? Oh, yeah, but it, look, I flipped through it because I was looking at pictures as we were uh, – I got Osama bin Laden. This is the news. Osama bin Laden has been uh, assassinated. So, But now I'm looking at the compound in pictures. But everyone knows the news story, so now let's talk about it. Okay. Um, so uh, what, what angle do you want to take this? I think you were uh, taking the angle of uh, how God works judgment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, how he works judgment in this life and then in the life to come. There's a twofold judgment. But perhaps, you know, this is, uh, I mean, here's this, just a basic question um, to ask. If this if we're playing Ten Commandments in the news, Osama bin Laden was assassinated by um, military agents of the United States. And to simply ask this question, is this murder? Uh, I think that's a, I think that's a great question to ask and, and Luther, to talk about people. Luther deals with this in... Um which work is this? Oh, you're so academic. <laughs> you got to get over this now that you're going to be now that you're almost past quoting Luther. Uh, I know. Um, Rick Warren deals with this, I'm sure. <laughs> get with the program. Uh, Can soldiers too is, be saved? Yeah, can, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. Except for I, I don't know. I just remember back in my seminary days when that mattered. I'm trying to pull it off my shelf right now. We, we're playing. Uh, what's in your uh, hey, we had to have on our Facebook page. Someone said they can't wait to play "What's in Your Pastor's Library" with your books. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Um, although I don't have quite the collection that you do. Bible picture book. <laughs> Small my, catechism. My first catechism. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, can soldiers who shot Osama bin Laden be saved? Oh yeah, so this is and the way that this works and Luther will sort this out in the large catechism as well as in this and this is a big this is a big deal because the reason why Luther's writing this is that the time of Luther the radical reformation comes along and they say hey 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 uh look you have to be you can't be part of the world you can't own property you can't be a judge you can't be a soldier you can't be a magistrate if you're going to be a Christian you have to you, you can't be part of the kingdom of this world so there was this the radical reformation had this aesthetic tendency so people were dropping the, the, the peasants' result, revolt kind of resulted in that the throwing off of all this uh, authority, the, the uh, destroying of the estates that God had put man in. So, so Luther has to deal with these things, and and here's his logic. This is simply beautiful, beautiful logic. He says a soldier can kill a person because the fourth commandment comes before the fifth commandment. Hmm. Oh, how about that? In other words, in the fourth commandment, the Lord establishes the estates of man, and one of those states is the state which has the sword. Uh, Romans uh, 13, the, the rulers do not possess the sword in vain, so that the Lord has given to those in authority and to those in civil authority the right to punish transgression by murder, by taking away life in one form or another. 
so that when a soldier is uh, fighting in a war and has the purpose of killing the enemy, his work there is a good work, not a sin. It's not breaking the fifth commandment. Yeah, we that's marvelous. We sort we I think we sort of talked about this when um, that abortionist Dr. Tiller was shot. Uh, did we talk about that on on this program? I can't remember. Uh, and so uh, you know, you have someone who is committing these terrible sin of of, of murder, and uh, and so you have a, a, a guy who claimed to be a Christian to to go to go you know take justice, takes it upon himself to go reap justice upon this abortionist doctor. But you have to ask the question, do you have uh, the God-given office to carry out this judgment? Uh, has God appointed you as the, the, the person to, to do this? So uh, for the soldier, the soldier is acting on behalf of his country, on behalf of uh, the president, on behalf of um, the, the, the nation, um, but but the individual to just take a gun to go murder someone for revenge or to or for say this is what you deserve um, that's that's acting outside of our God-given vocations and that's a sin. Right. I mean, we see this in the Old Testament, which is really quite marvelous, where it'll say, "You shall not kill," and then the Lord will say, "If a person kills someone else, then um, then they should be put to death." And you say, "Now wait a minute. Uh, someone's going to have to put them to death." And that person's going to be doing the killing. So how could the Lord at one time command that no one should kill anyone else, and then right in the same sentence say, but if they do, then they should be killed by somebody else? How does that go? Uh, and the answer is that the Lord has given the, the government, like you said, the authority to bear the sword. And the, and the sword is, is uh, you bear, the government bears the sword outwardly and inwardly. Outwardly would be the military and defense of the nation, fighting just wars, etc. And inwardly would be um, police force, uh, maintaining order in society and all of this sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So this this is not breaking the fifth commandment. I mean, that's the uh, um, that is the that that's the key here. This is not um, uh, the, the assassination of Osama bin Laden is is not the is not breaking the fifth commandment. It's not murder. Yeah. That's right, and and this plays into to many aspects too. I mean, the the um, talking about the death penalty, you know, um, mm-hmm. sa- same sort of thing that that God God is is carrying out judgment uh, on this earth, but he d- he does it through uh, the the estates which he he has set up, uh, including uh, the justice system um, and the death penalty. Yes, right, so. fantastic. Good. All right. Well, that's going to conclude this segment of Table Talk Radio. When we come back, we're going to be be joined by Pastor Jonathan Fisk of uh, Worldview Everlasting, and we're going to play Bible Bee. And I bet that Pastor Fisk takes Pastor Wolfmuller to task in this game, Bible Bee. But we'll see. Stay tuned to Table Talk Radio, (laughs) and you'll find out. Uh, Don't go away. Come, Mr. Taliban, turn over Taliban. Table Talk Radio. For those who have tried everything else to get a good night's sleep. This Sunday is the live radio debate on Table Talk Radio. Did Jesus Rise from the Dead? The debaters are Dr. David Scare of Concordia Theological Seminary and Dr. Robert Price, author of the book The Case Against the Case for Christ. 
Listen to the debate this Sunday at tabletalkradio.org or piratechristianradio.com. It all starts at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Did Jesus Rise from the Dead? Listen to the debate this Sunday. It's time for Table Talk Radio's Bible Bee, and joining us for this edition is uh, Pastor Jonathan Fisk, a pastor of St. John's Lutheran Church in Springfield, Pennsylvania, and host of the YouTube sensation Worldview Everlasting. Welcome, Pastor Fisk. Yeah, it's good to be here, although I don't know the word sensation applies. <laughs> uh, the, the theological viral videos. That, He's that, a phenomenon, this Fisk. <laughs> A phenomenon. That's right. Well, the minor strain of the virus. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Bible B, how this works is we read off a, uh, a passage of scripture. There's three rounds, three verses, one verse, and then one word. And the task is to identify what book of the Bible uh, that is the, the text is pulled from, and then to bring in this law gospel dynamic. And I was wondering, Pastor Fisk if you would begin this game by explaining law-gospel and how it is that we determine whether a passage is law or gospel. All right, yeah, the, the, the easiest way to remember law and gospel is to remember that if it has something for you to do, it's law. The law says, do this. Uh, the irony of that is that even when you do do it physically, you find spiritually it's never done. That's a little bit of a deeper issue. Uh, the gospel says, this has been done for you, specifically by Jesus. There is no gospel without the incarnate Son of God, without his death and resurrection. It is a, a very clear and specific message or announcement by God of good news that he has conquered sin, death, and the devil in Christ. Uh, all of the scriptures point to this gospel. Even the law is fulfilled in this gospel in the flesh and blood of Christ. So the law says, do this, and you find it's never done. The gospel says, hey, look at Jesus, and everything's done already. All right, that's pretty good. And uh, this is a, a pretty regular theme on your on your videos, right? World be everlasting. This is this is one of the the the, the heart issues uh, that we that we With deal that with in theology. Um, let's uh, go ahead if you're ready to to hit round one of Bible B. You ready, Pastor Fisk? Sure, sure. All right, here are your three verses. Wait. Oh yeah, three verses. All right, three in a row. Yeah. I was confused about the rules here. You caught me <laughs> off guard. I was just looking at Facebook. Yeah, I, I heard you typing. Yeah. All right. Can you hear that? Yes. Oh. Do you hear how fast I type? It's impressive, isn't it? That's Not professional really. right there. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah. We are we are consummate professionals. I don't know if you noticed that, Jonathan. I think I figured All right. out. You better get on with it. I'm just stalling cuz I don't want to lose this game, but you better you better let him get some points. Okay, here it is. And he said to them, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And he who has believed and is baptized shall be saved." But he who is disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed in my name and will cast out demons, and they will speak with new tongues. All right. Uh, I think I know this one. This, this is from Mark chapter 16, uh, one of three. You don't get extra points for the mission. chapter. <laughs> don't pay any attention to him. <laughs> it's easy to remember this chapter because it's such a special or particular verse. You know, there's a little bit of a... Uh, historical dispute about whether or not this is authentic to the book of Mark. 
even though the theology in it is uh, testified to in other places in Scripture, such as Matthew 28, uh, but, uh, but in Mark we have a you know, kind of a new twist on it. And the question is whether Mark ends at verse 8 of chapter 16, when the women go away afraid and there's nothing else, uh, or whether there's this, this extra, I think it's eight verses, that are added on. Um, and some of it has to do with the Greek. The Greek is really different, uh, and it also has to do with what's Mark trying to say? What's his point? Uh, so, yeah, Mark 16. There we go. Very good. And I will give you another uh, 100 points for getting the chapter. Uh, so that brings you up to 200. And now, Pastor what? Fist, uh, talk about this uh, in context of law and gospel. Oh, let's see here. Well, the, the Great Commission texts always seem to want to be preached as law, uh, by, you know, the church growth, the evangelical side of things. So go, 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 do, 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 make, make, make disciples. Uh, and in a sense, there is this, this element in which we are uh, participating in the salvation of the world as the sent ones of Christ, both through the apostolic ministry and as confessors of the faith, as, as Christians. Uh, but it's not as if this is like a, you better do this or else it won't get done kind of thing. It's really the opposite of that. The reality is that what we're confessing, what we're speaking, is that everything is done already in Christ. And the way I like to remember this is, you know, the Pharisees, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, they wanted all the children to, to shut up, to stop uh, singing about Jesus being the Son of David, come to save. And, and Jesus says, you know, that, well, I could tell them to be quiet, but then the rocks would have to open their mouths and start proclaiming who I am. Uh, so I'm going to let them do it. And uh, that's kind of the, the edge uh, with which the Great Commissions, the mission texts, uh, hold in a, in a gospel sense, that Christ is the one sending his Spirit who launches himself forth from our lips to proclaim what he's done for us, how he's called us out of our darkness into his glorious light. So I don't know what I call this text law or gospel, but it, it's not a law text. You know, it's not, it's not a Ten Commandments kind of text. Uh, it's a second article of the Creed, Jesus has done this text, and now we are being pulled into his ministry, which is praising who he is, what he's done, to a world that, that doesn't deserve it at all. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm going to give you, for such a great answer, another 200 points, bringing you to uh, 400 Table Talk Radio points. Uh, and now it's time for How Pastor... How many does he have? Uh, 400. Holy schmoly. So now it's time what for... What a It's payback for Sermonator. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, last time I think, well, I don't know if it was the last time, because I think we had you in the studio during a symposia week, but before that, uh, we had you on for Iron Preacher, and uh, yeah, and so I, I think uh, we'll have to have a rematch of Iron Preacher specifically sometime soon. Oh, I don't know if I could ever handle that again, going away with my tail between my legs. It's emotionally traumatic. Was I the only loss? I'm like the only loss in no. the history of the show? No, no, right? no, 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 no. That's not true, yeah. No, no, you 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 Wolf were part of the long times. string of very uh, impressive losses. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't play, play, played that game in a long time because uh, people get all worked up about it. It's hey, <laughs> Fisk should have won, they say. <laughs> That's true. And then our our website crashes from all the the postings and everything, so we have to we have to be careful when we play Iron Preacher. All right, That's Pastor. Pastor Wolfmiller, it's time for your first round of Bible B, and here are your verses. Do not long for the night when people vanish in their place. Be careful. Do not turn to evil, for you have preferred this to affliction. Behold, God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? Hmm. Sounds awfully prophetic. 
which uh, which narrows it down to about 16 books of the Bible. <laughs> You're well on your way. You're going to give that to me again, and I'm going to have to focus this time. Okay. All right. Put Close the email. Uh, All right. Hold on. Let me... But the signing off. I would say uh, I would say stop doing sermon prep, but I know it's too early in the week for that. That's right. All right. <laughs> Do not long for the night when people vanish in their place. Be careful. Do not turn to evil, for you have preferred this to affliction. Behold, God is exalted in His power. Who is who is a teacher like Him? All right. God is exalted in His power. Who is a teacher? Like him, do not long for the night. And then there's that thing about doing good uh, for those who do evil. I mean, this is the. Uh, oh man, this could be. Uh, I I just the the thing that we should give this away. I just don't know. The thing that should give this away, I think, is this is the is the name of the Lord as teacher. I uh, the, the, I suspect that would be distinctive to this particular prophet. Uh, so I'm trying to think of which prophet would emphasize that the Lord is the teacher. Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Zephaniah. And you would be incorrect. I'm sorry. The uh, the answer you were looking for was Job, specifically chapter oh. 36. Oh, oh, I oh. <laughs> Could have got that. <laughs> well, I'll let you. I'll let you do some practice swings here on Law and Gospel. Because <laughs> it doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah, it doesn't this matter. is law to not pursue to not pursue evil, but pursue good. I, so I wasn't even right. I mean, I could have guessed sixteen times and I would have been wrong because I was <laughs> solidly in the prophetic books. But never mind. I only got it wrong once. Uh, th- th- but this idea to, that the prophets preach and Job also. <laughs> to not do evil but good. Is this who says this? Is this the words of Job then? Um, uh, Elihu. Or the words. Is this the words of his last? Oh, this is Elihu, the friend who comes last. Yeah. Who? He's kind of the philosopher friend. He's kind of the yeah, guy the young who. Young man who rocks. Yeah, yeah. This is the young man who comes along last. Ah, oh, no wonder. <laughs> but he's given Job law because that's all his friends know how to preach law. And this is the whole dr- drama, the book of Job, is that Job knows the gospel from uh, from the sacrifices, from the forgiveness of sins. But his friends come along and try to tempt him to believe differently than what the council in heaven says. The council in heaven says Job is righteous, upright. And his friends say, Job, you're a sinner. The problem is right here at the end, Job comes along and says, I'm righteous and upright because I haven't done anything wrong. And then Elihu says, whoa, you, you're going too far now. You're certainly a sinner. Um, but still, Job is a sinner that has the Lord's forgiveness. And at the end, Job sacrifices uh, for his friends, too, that they would have the Lord's forgiveness. That's what a marvelous sort of thing. Yeah. Too bad you didn't get it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see how much time I'm we have. I'm in my coffee. It's, it's almost time for our next commercial break. So we'll go ahead and take that right now, and then we'll come back for round two. It'll be uh, Pastor Fisk uh, up for round two. The current score is Pastor Fisk, uh, pastor of St. John's Lutheran Church in Springfield, Pennsylvania. Uh, and host of, uh, what do we call this now? The, uh, I like Sensation, the, uh, I don't know, the ever popular Worldview Everlasting. Uh, and he has 400 points to Pastor Wolf, Wolf Mueller's zero. Zero points for Pastor Wolf Mueller. I'm coming back, though. You yeah, can we'll hear the see. footsteps, Jonathan. I'm... <laughs> we'll find out. All right, don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Zephaniah had
Listening to Table Talk Radio. Never imitated, never duplicated. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Hey, Pastor Fist, you want to hear a little radio tip? Sure. If you're doing a radio show with Pastor Wolf Mueller and you bump in, mute his mic or else he'll be singing the whole way in. Uh, I've, I've, <laughs> I've learned that. Were you singing oh, there, Pastor you, all these People would be laughing because they're so hilarious. <laughs> and you put me in executive session? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Every time. I just kind of learned. You should relabel your mute button, well, executive session. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, um, is you don't you don't even realize this, Pastor Wilhelm, but because the audio is getting sent through the internet to you, and then it's getting sent back to me through the internet, you're always like half a second behind when you're singing, and so it sounds like you have really bad pace or don't have tempo, um, which is normally the case anyway. So even right. with, with that, you know, yes, that's right. <laughs> you well, were wondering why there's always a little delay between your jokes and and my laughing, and you say it's the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, well, I think... Are we, if I got a chance at points, we got to get to this thing. Yeah, I think Pastor Fisk is itching for some more points, too. Uh, and this is the next passage for Bible B. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. What kind of translation is that? <laughs> Is, is he allowed to speak during my turn? Uh, no, I, I'll, I'll put him in executive session. <laughs> this one might get me, you know, because I know it's Paul, uh, but geez. Oh, it's mouth one confesses. Huh. I'm going to have to say it's, I feel like it's either Galatians or Romans, and I'm going to go with Galatians. Ooh, it was Romans, actually. Oh, so close. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right at the door, I fail. It's all right. Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, it... it Go ahead. It, it sounds like Paul, and it's... Uh, uh, it, it, the reason I say it's in Galatians or Romans is because it's connected to his argument about justification. Uh, so again, this is a verse that you could, and, and some church bodies do take this as law, as in, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, now you know you're saved. This is the way you can know. Once you've made this decision and confessed and prayed our little prayer, which we'll give you, which seems to be more standardized than the Lord's Prayer these days, um, <laughs> now you have passed from death to life because of your action, your, your exertion of the will to make yourself a believer in Jesus. It's not really where Paul's going anywhere in Galatians or Romans at all. Uh, he's going, especially in those books, towards the reality that justification, being made righteous in God's sight, is a gift of grace imparted to you imputed to you uh, by his word, by his promises. And so, uh, uh, Paul is basically proclaiming that because you've believed now, because you've received this amazing gift, uh, you are on the other side of death and life. So it does have the same edge to it. It is pointing to something that's going on in you. It's pointing to faith. The faith is being worked in you by, uh, by the Lord uh, in Christ. And because of that, you can know he hasn't abandoned you. 
Now, that is a little subjective, and it's not our final kind of place where we stand normally when we talk about faith. Uh, we want to point to the objective means uh, where we're promised to be given faith, things like baptism, the supper, and the word. Nonetheless, there, there is this comfort, you know, uh, that, that uh, I, I do want to believe in Jesus, and there really is no possible way that could happen from me, because the me that is me, the sin that dwells within me, hates Jesus. I don't want to be saved. I want to be God, for goodness sakes. But yet, there's this part of me, the Spirit living within me, which is not sin at all, but perfect righteousness from God. Uh, it is faith alone, and that can't happen for me. So, obviously, God's at work. Now, this happens in Word and Sacrament, so that's where I get pointed back to. That's where I go back for more of this faith. Uh, but it is kind of a, a blessed comfort to know that, confessing with my mouth and believing with my heart, I am now born in Christ. Yeah. I I you know, want to give some honorary points to Pastor Fisk for such a marvelous explanation there. Um, I do, too. That guy, this guy <laughs> over there is awesome. Well, if you agree, then I'm going to give him 100 points uh, for that. All right, so now the score is 500 to 0. Pastor Wolfman, are you ready for your next verse in Bible B? Yes. I'd prefer if you give me a verse that has the word propitiation in it. Okay, I'll I see what I can do. Points. Then they said to one another, We are not doing right. This day is a day of good news, but we are keeping silent. If we wait until morning, if we wait till morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now therefore come, let us go and tell the king's household. What? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> we can't wait till this is a day of good news. We got to go tell the king. We can't wait until the morning to do this thing. Uh, this has got to be. Uh, this has got to be an Old Testament. I mean, there's kings in the Old Testament, and they have houses. This has got to be uh, Old Testament. I'm guessing narrative. Although, there's I also be surprised kings if you were with houses in the New Testament, isn't there? Yeah, hey, if you no get this wrong, to can I get it right and uh, and get those points? Yeah. Steal? You want to steal my points? Are you getting greedy over there? <laughs> I don't, don't know if I actually know, but there. I think I know it. Uh, um, let's go tell the king's household the day of good news. This would be, uh, I think this is going to be, this is going to have to be, um, uh, this is going to have to be after Solomon, a divided kingdom. Something good happens, and so the people are going to go and talk and tell the king about it. So it's going to be one of the later prophets. Um, that's going to push us towards Second Chronicles or um, uh, First or Second Kings. I'm going to say I, I'm going to say uh, uh, Second Chronicles. I'm sorry, that is incorrect, Pastor Fisk, for the steal. Yeah, you know I don't think I'm going to get it now because is it, can you read it again? Sure. Read it one more time. Uh, and they said to one another, "We are not doing right. This day is a day of good news." But we are keeping silent. If we wait until morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'm wrong. But for a moment there, I thought it was going to be Esther. Because oh, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what I but, think. Uh, it's Esther. not going to be Esther because it's good news. Because Lutherans don't read Esther. <laughs> I, think, I think I've got you on Esther twice already. Would this be the third one? No, it is Second Kings. Second Kings. Oh is man! Second Kings, oh, chapter you seven. Were close. To, you were trying to tempt me towards Esther, weren't you? <laughs> hey, the I got another recommendation. Lutherans don't read enough Esther. Yeah. What's your recommendation? My, my recommendation is that since I, I tried to steal the points and lost, I should be penalized four hundred and ninety-nine points. 
<laughs> I will you, are you that confident that I'm zero. not gonna that I'm not gonna get the last round? All right, oh, all right. Another I'll question. This is oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. more. <laughs> I thought this was the end. I was trying to make it be the final score. So oh, <laughs> never mind. Don't get all that. One more round. <laughs> <laughs> cancel that. Let's go. We have to go into executive session to cancel that. <laughs> all right. Report the results when we're Faster back. Wolf in their law or gospel. Uh, well, good news is, but I don't know what the story is. What's the story? <laughs> um, okay, uh, Elisha. You pro- know? Pro- <laughs> no, I just go through pull verses out of context. That's all I do. Uh, <laughs> Elisha promises food. Four lepers relate uh, to Arminius's fight. Uh, then the promise is fulfilled. Um. I think this is going to be a bit of gospel there in the Old Testament, where the prophet is going to preach good news, and it's going to, it, it'll it's good news. It's going to come in the form of physical salvation, the Lord giving relief from the enemies. Um, but uh, uh, th- that's still going to be good news, but not necessarily the good news of forgiveness. But we remember that everything that good that the Lord does, He does because He died for us on the cross. So, how about that? All right, that'll work. All right, Pastor Fisk, are you ready for your last and final round? Yeah. All right, you get a one-word clue, and your one-word clue is the word Armageddon. Oh, brother. <laughs> um, pretty confident that's Revelation. It is Revelation. Uh, <sighs> chapter 16, verse 16, they gathered to gathered them together to the place which in Hebrew is called Armageddon. So yeah, there see, it is. You might get oh, that in an Old brother. Testament book uh, if they actually translated it that way, but I'm pretty sure they don't. When they translate it, because it's a, in the Old Testament, it uses, it's used as a verb um, or as a, as a longer name, uh, like the Plains of Megiddo. Uh, I think that's what it is, the Plains of Megiddo. And then John goes and makes it Armageddon. Uh, oh, no, it's, it's Mountain of Megiddo. Huh. And that's the crazy thing, uh, if I can remember this right. In, in the Old Testament, it is Plains of Megiddo, but John calls it the Mountain of Megiddo, and there's a reason for that, but I don't remember that. <laughs> All right. Uh, if we can go ahead and go to Pastor Wolfmuller's uh, turn, because we have about a minute left in the in the program. Um, and uh, Pastor Wolfmuller, your one-word clue is the word elbow. Oh, you, uh, elbow. That's so easy. Point? I can't believe you threw me the easy one. Elbow. Everyone knows where the word elbow is in the Bible. It's in um, <laughs> Esther. It's in Esther. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, you oh, <laughs> come on. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, actually, this is Job again. Job 31. Oh, man. <laughs> Let my shoulder fall from the socket and my arm be broken off at the elbow. That's gross. <laughs> Zombie want, movie or something? <laughs> do you, you want to do uh, Law of Gospel in 20 seconds? Sounds like law to me. I mean, anytime body parts are falling off, you're just <laughs> you're safe with going with the law on that thing. <laughs> That's a good quote. Anytime body parts are coming off, it's law. That's there's the. <laughs> All right, hey Pastor Fist, thank you so much for uh, joining us on today's edition of Table Talk Radio. Yeah, it's not been fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Worldview Everlasting. You've been listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are what you get when you get a Jesus seminar guy debating with Dr. Scare. You've been listening be to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. 
That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio 